This Psychic Spectrum Radio Show podcast is brought to you by the producers of SP3 CBD oils, designed to assist you with your health issues ranging from pain, carcinoma, fibromyalgia, diabetes, neuropathy, and so much more. Find out more information at 253-297-7074 or on their website, sp3cbd.info. Hello and welcome once again to the Psychic Spectrum Radio Show. This is Skip. And I'm Sharon, the Princess of Chocolate. Sparkles, glitter, and everything terrific. And today we welcome you back to our show with a special guest who has been with us before. His name is Skip Albright. So you get two skips today. Two skips and a Sharon. How's that? (laughs) (laughs) And... Skip is a hypnotherapist, and he's in Arizona. No, and that's not the same as a hypnotist. Right. It's, it's, this is therapeutic. Some people think they're both the same, and they're definitely not. Right. But, but they use, I don't know, the same well, modalities. We'll have to ask Skip yeah, about Yeah, we'll that. get into that. Yeah, we'll have to ask Skip that. So today we want to welcome you guys with us, and thank you for listening. We have been married for 45 years. We do private events and parties. Um, we do shout outs. We can, we conduct ourselves over 15 to 17 events every month for you to take part in and learn from and experience the paranormal and the metaphysical. And never do I yell chicken. Yeah, right, (laughs) right, right. (laughs) And today, um, we're going to talk with Skip and we're going to welcome him to the show right now and say hi to him. Say hi, Skip. How are you? I'm well. Thanks for having me on your show again. Um, thank, you're welcome. Thank you for coming on. We appreciate it. And we appreciate the fact that we're going to be able to talk about what you do for a living and uh, the work that you do, the how you help people and that type of thing. Before we get started, I want to tell people how to get a hold of you, and then we'll do it again at the end of the show. So if you're ready out there, get your pencil and papers. Um, and the reason why I say get the pencil and papers is you can do this over the internet, and we're going to get into that today and discuss it. But it's skip no therapy. So in other words, hypnotherapy, skip no therapy. S K I P N O therapy dot com or skip no therapy at gmail dot com for the email address. And skip, you are the president of the Arizona Society for Hypnosis. Am I correct? Uh, yes, Arizona Society for Professional Hypnosis, ASPH. That is correct. Okay. And among that, I know you have your private practice that you see people in person and you also see people over the Internet, correct? True. All right. And I'm giving a little bit of a tease here um, to let people know some of the things we're going to talk about and that this is a process that's available over the Internet. Um so we'll go from there, but right now I'm going to stop and let my wife do her shout-outs and uh, her other little section for this. So go ahead. Who do you want to say hi to today? Well, I'm sorry I wasn't here last week. I missed you all. I really did. I did listen in, though, on some of it because uh, I woke up. <laughs> so, <laughs> but it was, it, was, it was different, you know, not uh-huh. being here. But anyway, I want to say hi to Ann and Jen in Hawaii, Charles in Texas, and Enumclaw. Uh, not the same Charles, two Charleses. And also Winneray, Elaine, Georgie, Sherry, Jeanette, Frank, and Lisa, and all the showcase peeps, and a special hi to Mike, who's probably out driving right now. Yep. 
Driving Mike. Yep, Driving Mike. That's right. And all the other people I forgot. True. Because you know I forgot. Yes. And now we've reached that one special time of the week. Eric, what time is it for us today? It's Sharon's Joke of the Week. Since I have reached a new decade, because my birthday was Saturday, Mm -hmm. I feel I'm much more... Happy birthday, by the way. Thank you. I think I'm much more mature now, and so... (laughs) (laughs) Took her a long time to get there. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we don't know yet, but we're trying. Here comes the first one, Eric. My dad, because we all grew up in the Pacific Northwest, you know, my, my dad was a lumberjack, and... um. It was kind of different, you know. But he cut down in his in his years of working, he cut down exactly 82,546 trees. Do you know how we know that? He kept a log. Oh, God. <laughs> okay. Skip, hypnotize me, please. <laughs> okay. I already was going into self-hypnosis. <laughs> We're all trying to wipe that one from our memory. <laughs> well, the other day, um, I had an uncle who died, and um, he was really not feeling good at all. And a month before he died, they he had them rub lard all over his back. And after that, he went downhill really fast. <laughs> now, that one I can kind of chuckle at. <laughs> I got fired from my job the other day. I worked in a calendar factory, and... Um, I got fired because all I did was take a day off. That's oh, it, I folks. get it. I get it. I had to think about that one. <laughs> oh, well, you fell down I'm on the giving... job this year because uh, we've got a February 29th. <laughs> yes, there is reason, leap year so. th- yeah. this year. Yeah. Yes, yes. But um, I have become much more mature now, mm-hmm. you know, since I hit the big seven zero, And so I want you to know my jokes are going to reflect that. Mm, great. <laughs> okay. Well, I can't wait to see it. I can't we'll even say it with a straight when, face. When does that start? <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, that's it, kids. All right. Good. Brilliant. Brilliant. <laughs> yes. I want to tell people that our website is psychicspectrum.com. Our guest today is skipnotherapy.com. And uh, you can find out about our events and Skip's events there on both of our different websites. And you can also find out more about how you can do some help uh, or uh, I call it recon, internal recon. And Ooh, <laughs> that sounds mysterious. And uh, help yourself out there. But anyhow, let's take a real short break here and then we'll come back and get into it with our guest, Skip Albright, who is a hypnotherapist um, by trade, president of the Arizona Society for Hypnosis and... Um, a really cool guy. Yeah, really nice guy. We've had him on before, <laughs> and it's been about a year. So this is the Psychic Spectrum Radio Show, and we will be right back. I see friends shaking hands, saying, how do you do? They're really saying, Is someone waiting to speak with you from the other side? Are you trying to reconnect with them? If so, you have that ability right now. The Psychic Spectrum's Talking to the Other Side presents evidential mediums Sharon and Skip Leingame. On the first Saturday of each month, Skip and Sharon spend four full hours talking with those who have passed on. Everyone who attends gets a message from Sharon and Skip 
They also tell you things they psychically pick up about you, kind of like a psychic reading. Their messages are often based upon the energy that the audience brings with them. It assists Sharon and Skip in transmitting messages of love, memories, and thoughts, along with evidential details that you can recognize. And this helps prove that their existence and love for you never dies. You may come or go at any time during the event. The doors open at 5 p.m. and the program starts at 6 p.m. Admission is $30 per person at the door and dinner and desserts are available from the menu. You can find out more about the Psychic Spectrum's events at PsychicSpectrum.com. Find out the latest about your favorite shows on Alternative Talk 1150. Check out 1150kknw.com. Hey, welcome back once again to the Psychic Spectrum radio show. This is Skip and I have... We have, Sharon and I both have a guest on today. His name is Skip Albright. He is a hypnotherapist by trade, and he is the president of the Arizona Society for Hypnosis. And Skip, we're back with you live I, here on the air. I think I'd like you to ask that question again for people to hear the answer okay. on the air. I can do that. Because um, I found that fascinating. You didn't quite get to finish it. During the break, we were talking with Skip. He didn't get to finish it for us, but... Um, it's, it's kind of an important question because it's something that a lot of people in the metaphysical tout this, that it is the same and does the same, but I never really thought of it the same. So I wanted to, I, I asked Skip about it it during the break, (laughs) but I asked him about, um, is self-hypnosis, can it achieve the same effects as hypnotherapy? And Skip, I'll let you go ahead and answer that. Sure. It, it really depends upon the change that the person is trying to make. Uh, I teach self-hypnosis at a variety of venues here around uh, different parts of Arizona. I teach it to adult learning centers, Rio Salado College, uh, the Maricopa County Libraries, uh, some rec centers in some of the adult communities around here. And the primary purpose of doing self-hypnosis is to create positive changes, what I call life-improving changes in your life. If those changes that you're trying to make come from a foundation of significant trauma, let's say uh, childhood sexual abuse or emotional abuse or physical abuse, uh, or even adult Uh, types of abuse, anything that would create a a, a deep and long-lasting trauma, uh, in other words, feelings that are trapped inside of you, which is essentially what's happening, that's going to be a difficult uh, hurdle to try to clear through the process of self-hypnosis. And I really espouse to the, the people who attend my lectures that that's probably not going to be possible and you're going to need to see a professional. Mm-hmm. Self-hypnosis is awesome for things like losing weight. As long as you know the fundamentals, you can really achieve a great visualization. You're a great visualizer, in other words. And most successful people on earth are great visualizers. Think of sports figures or uh, business people who have achieved great success. They're great visualizers. They can see the end result before they ever take the steps. Trying to do that to clear significant trauma just allows the emotion of those memories to come up and get in the way of the process. Mm -hmm. So that's not going to be, it's not magic. Mm -hmm. 
but in the hands of a skilled practitioner, it can do unbelievable things. And I see evidence of it virtually every day. I mean, I had it happen with a woman this morning, as a matter of fact, um, in a session that I did. But doing professional hypnosis with somebody who's well-trained, well-practiced, uh, really knows what they're doing, it's just irreplaceable. And I, I would argue, you know, you may have people, listeners who uh, come to us from other healing modalities, uh, psychotherapy, behavioral therapy, cognitive therapy, whatever it is, talk therapists. I have achieved results with people. Some of those professionals come to see me. I recently had a woman who was a retired 20 year psychotherapist and came to see me for sleep issues after the first session. And now she had told me she hadn't slept more than an hour or two any night for the last year. Holy cow. Her husband had passed away uh, last February. And so, you know, you can imagine the trauma that creates in the mind. Mm -hmm. And she had not, she had tried all kinds of things. Well, she came to me and said, I wonder if you can help me with this sleep issue I have. And I asked her, I said, so you were a psychotherapist for 20 years. Did you ever see people who had sleep issues? And she said, yeah, of course. And I said, so why haven't you tried your own advice the advice you would have given them on yourself. She said, just a difficult prospect to try to do it on yourself. And I said, you're absolutely right. And after the first session, she sent me a, a text saying, I slept eight hours last night with much gratitude to you. Can't wait for our next session. So, <laughs> well, that's, yeah. that's so cool. you know, as by way of example, there's, there's a good case in point for mm -hmm. uh, the difference between self-hypnosis and what we call hetero hypnosis doing mm -hmm. hypnosis with someone else right right okay well speaking of doing hypnosis with someone else you see mm -hmm. patients or clients in yep. studio yep and um at the same time you also do sessions with people over the internet correct okay now obviously you need to see the person am i correct that's right. That's what I prefer to do. I mean, technically, you don't have to see the person, but I gain some contextual clues mm -hmm. when I can see the person visually. I'm looking for uh, their facial expressions, eye flutter. I'm looking for uh, jerky movements, uh, flattening out of the facial muscles, uh, where possible differences in skin intonation, that kind of thing. Uh -huh. And people who are well practiced in hypnotherapy know what the physical signs uh, they're looking for. So doing it by Zoom or by Skype uh, really helps, especially, you know, a lot of people have what we call ab reactions uh, to trauma. So let's say I was dealing with somebody who had uh, significant uh, physical abuse as a child uh -huh. or abandonment or neglect issues, and they start to have a, a bad reaction to that, what we could, as I said, an ab reaction, then I know what I'm looking at and I can deal with it better and I can see the change going, uh, taking place as I react to that. Not possible if, if I don't have a visual. Right. Yeah. It makes total sense. Mm -hmm. I understand. Yeah. It does. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now let, let's talk about a typical session that is going to happen in person with you. Um, okay. Let's say I come to you because I have a phobia of 
dogs barking at me, chasing yeah. me and barking. Um, sure. How would that? How would that? A typical session, without going into a lot of detail, just an, an overview. But how would the typical session like that go? Well, typically, how a session goes is I do what I call a diagnostic interview. So I have a form that I fill out that kind of guides me through the questions I want to have answered. Uh, some of those include biographical information about the client, et cetera. Mm -hmm. But it also uh, leads me to questions about past uh, issues that have taken place with the person. Are they on medication? Do they have fears or phobias? Do they have uh, uh, habits, uh, unwanted habits, uh, et cetera, et cetera. I talk about relationships with parents, with siblings, with uh, spouses, uh, with their own children, that kind of thing. Uh, and typically that leads to contextual clues about uh, what's going on with the person. And uh, again, because I'm seeing the person, I'm watching for reactions, uh, always looking for, uh, as I said, contextual clues about, you know, a wince or a sneer or how they roll their eyes about somebody as they answer the question, that kind of thing. When I'm done with that, diagnostic interview, then I do a really detailed explanation about hypnosis and hypnotherapy and the mind model, the conscious and subconscious mind. Mm -hmm. And I want to be on the same sheet of music as, as the client is. I want them to understand how their mind works and why it's simply their subconscious mind trying to protect them that created these, what I call symptoms. For instance, so you're talking about a fear. Well, that fear is just a symptom and it's a perception. All perceptions are literally instructions to your brain. And you're telling your brain how you want it to react because of the way that you view something. So let's say you were a five-year-old kid and you were out walking around your neighborhood and a dog came up to you and was barking ferociously. Maybe he bit you, maybe he didn't bite you, uh, but it scared the heck out of you. It created an emotion. And every emotion has a corresponding physical sensation in our bodies. So for people out there listening who have a fear of dogs and they're listening to this and they feel a stirring in their chest or their stomach, that's evidence of their fear. And it's showing up as a physical reaction in their body. Whether it's a bad reaction or a bad emotion or a positive emotion, the same thing can be said of love. You think about when you met Sharon and you couldn't wait to go see her. It was an hour until you got to pick her up and take her on a date. And you were all excited. Your heart was fluttering. Hers was in anticipation of you showing up. That's simply, again, physical evidence of an emotion that takes place. Well, I'm always looking for those emotions in my clients to see what we're looking for is what we call an ISE, an initial sensitizing event. It does not have to be one particular event. It could be the flavor of those kinds of events. Let's say you'd been barked at many times in your life by dogs and it scared you every time. After the first ISE, naturally it would. And your subconscious mind, in an effort to try to protect you, recreates that same feeling. Let me give you an even better example, a real life example. Okay. So I had a woman come to me who was 35 years old, a doctor said her to me. And she had to have an MRI and she said, 
there is no way I'm having an MRI. I'm scared to death of doing that because I have claustrophobia so bad, I, I can't even imagine under what circumstances I'd be able to go into an MRI. And a lot of people have that same fear. A lot of people have claustrophobia, very common fear. So she comes to me, the doctor sent her to me and said, we really need these images. Go see this hypnotherapist. Let's see if you can get over that fear of enclosed spaces. So she comes to see me. And the, one of the first questions in session that I asked her after I got the biographical information out of the way is, so how long have you had this fear of enclosed spaces? She said, oh, all my life. And I said, well, that's not true. You weren't born with it. When did it start? She said, oh, well, I hadn't really thought of that. And I said, so do me a favor during this session. If you can think of a time, perhaps it was when you were young, perhaps it was sometime in the recent past, one of the very first times that you ever remember feeling this sense of panic being in an enclosed space, just tell me. She said, okay. So I continued and asked her, so how does this affect your life now? What, what happens as a result of this fear? Well, I can't ride in elevators. I never ride in elevators. It feels like when I walk up to an elevator, like somebody's sitting on my chest. I can't ride in airplanes. I'd love to travel, but that enclosed space of being in an aircraft, it feels like I can't get out. I can't go into small rooms where there's a bunch of people. Obviously, I can't have an MRI, et cetera, et cetera. I said, and, and where are you feeling this when you're telling me? She said, right here in my chest. I said, good, perfect. At one point, probably 45 minutes into the session, she said, so I just happened to remember a time, probably one of the earliest times I remember being afraid in, in an enclosed space. I said, well, when was that? She said, well, I'm not sure it has anything to do with being afraid of an MRI. I said, don't worry about it. Just tell me what you were thinking. She said, so I was about four or five years old and I was with my two older brothers and we were out in the yard playing with a sleeping bag that we were using sort of as a tent or a fort. And at one point, one of my brothers said, why don't you get inside the sleep bag? So I did and they tied the top clothes when I was inside. Now you can imagine a four-year-old doesn't have the experience to process that kind of fear. Mm -hmm. And she didn't know, Am I, are they gonna let me out? They're out there laughing. Well, of course they're proud of themselves. Two older brothers talk that knucklehead little girl to go into a sleeping bag and they're out there laughing, but she's in there screaming inside of the sleep bag because it's dark. She doesn't think they're gonna let her out. She doesn't know if she's gonna continue to be able to breathe. And I said, where are you feeling this, telling me this? She said, oh my gosh, right in my chest. I said, perfect. Well, here's the thing. If you'd have taken her out of that sleeping bag and took her to a building with an elevator that day, she would have had no fear riding in the elevator. Mm -hmm. She wasn't afraid of elevators. You could have had her go into an airplane or an MRI machine that day. Wouldn't have scared her. But if you'd have said, hey, why don't you get back inside that sleeping bag? You'd have had a fight on your hands because that's what caused the trauma. There's no way she was going to go back in the sleeping bag. Mm -hmm. And so what happens is her subconscious mind took a snapshot of that fear, that emotion being inside a sleeping bag, and it stored it in her body, what we call a trapped emotion. And every time something similar, what her subconscious mind deemed as similar, took place, she felt that feeling inside of her chest. Well, as time goes on, and our subconscious mind understands we didn't deal with that emotion. It's trapped inside there. and We haven't ever rid ourselves of it. It expanded its understanding of what's a threatening enclosed environment. Now, 30 years later, it includes elevators and airplanes and small rooms and MRI machines and all a whole host of different uh, 
stimulus. Well, I changed her viewing point is how I describe what took place with her. And in three sessions, she had her MRI two weeks after the third session. Wow. And she had no fear and wrote me a beautiful email about now I can ride in elevators. It just changed my life, what you did. But I changed her viewing point. She was stuck looking at enclosed spaces through the eyes of a four-year-old girl her whole life. And when I updated that to this 35-year-old through guided visualization, through techniques that we don't have time to right. talk about here in depth, it changed everything. So if you have this fear of dogs that you said, you have a trapped emotion inside of you and your subconscious mind is simply trying to protect you from that very first time when that took place. Okay. Does that answer your question? Yeah, that makes sense. Now, at the same time, she didn't have to relive or re-experience that pain, per se, like she did. Absolutely not. Okay. So, Absolutely not. And in fact, I often do it with what we call content-free therapy, where I don't even need to know what the particulars, the details of the event were. I just need to know how you feel and uh -huh. where in your body you're feeling it. And then I work to remove that sensation inside of you. Here's the thing, our emotions, whenever you have a thought that has an emotion, between the conscious and subconscious mind, we have this, what I describe as a filter. And we call it the critical faculty of the mind in my field of work. So it almost, it's, it's really judgment. And it acts as a filter to either allow or deny information from accessing and anchoring in your subconscious mind. So any, as I said, any thought that has an emotion, that's the power that allows it to access the subconscious mind and anchor there. So when you had that dog come up to you and it created fear, so now your thought is, I have, when a dog approaches me, I'm going to be afraid of it because I feel the potential that it might attack me. That anchors in your subconscious mind. Mm -hmm. And it'll always be there because it's simply your mind trying to protect you. And all that's hardwired into us, Skip and Sharon, because for millions of years as a human being, we were always looking for danger. Wild animals, warring tribes meant, meaning to do us harm. And we were always looking for uh danger which is where we get the fight flight or freeze response and now we're so hardwired into it that we're always looking for that and our subconscious mind knows because our basic instinct is survival if you're thinking about maslow's hierarchy of needs it doesn't matter if you're socializing or self-actualized in your life if you're dead none of that matters so the very basic need is survival yeah. and our subconscious mind works constantly to make sure that we're safe. Yep. Okay, that makes sense. That does make sense. Now let's look at it, rather than look at it as trauma, let's look mm -hmm. at hypnotherapy. You know, mm -hmm. it's just not dogs or scary things like that either. Oh, absolutely It could, it could be that you were yelled at as a child. Mm -hmm. It you could know? be. People come to me with all kinds of manifestations from significant events in their life. Yeah. Fears, phobias, wow. habits, like pulling their hair, biting fingernails, uh, wanting to improve uh, their golf game, uh, wanting to lose weight, quit smoking, uh, stop impulsive shopping, 
uh, anxiety, depression, I mean, you name it. It's, it's just a wide field of, of uh, manifestations that people come to see me about wow. and other hypnotherapists. Wow. Well, I, don't, I think I, I mentioned this the last time we were on the air with you last year, but I used to smoke four packs of cigarettes a day. And the place where I worked, they said to all the employees, they said, anybody want to quit smoking um, or lose weight, let us know. Pick a program. We'll pay for it. And I went, I, we, we were all shocked, but I went, okay. That was, that was in the 80s. Yeah. But I said, you know, that, that's... Forward-thinking employers. Yeah. 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 I said, that's an idea. So I, I didn't know what I was going to do, and I happened to look in what's the little, the little nickel uh, one ads, and I found this ad for a guy who was a hypnotherapist, um, and he was an actual certified hypnotherapist who used to work for the state of Washington for the government. Anyhow, mm-hmm. um, he put on programs every Saturday. Every Saturday, three Saturdays of the month, he would go to like uh, the Tacoma area, Bellevue area, Seattle area, and he would do this hour and a half, two hour program where he hypnotized a group of people and did his his program and literally the one time was all it took for me and I quit smoking. And, and you want to you want to know why that happened, Skip? Yeah. Cuz you had a strong desire to quit. I did. If you had Right. So I get a lot of referrals for smokers just your audience will identify with this. Mm-hmm. I get a lot of doctor referrals for many things actually, uh weight loss and anxiety and but smoking in particular, since we're talking about this, and say a pulmonologist sends a, a, one of their patients to me and wants him to quit smoking because he's getting emphysema or COPD. Mm-hmm. And the guy shows up in my office, and one of the first questions I ask him is, on a scale of 1 to 10, where 10 is the absolute highest, how strong is your desire to quit smoking? And the guy will, typical, because he was he came to me because he was referred to me. He didn't come of his own volition. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and so he'll say, well, you know, Skip, I, uh, I've been smoking for 45 years. I love smoking, to be honest with you. And if it was up to me, I'd continue smoking. But Doc says I'm going to die soon if I don't quit smoking. So I'm maybe a four or five. And I say, well, then you can go home. And when you're ready to quit smoking, when you're a nine or a 10, you call me up and you tell me I'm ready to quit smoking. Because what I am contending is, he doesn't have a strong desire to quit. And hypnosis amplifies your desires. So I'll tell him, you know, I'm going to do what I do. You're going to leave my office, go out in your car, and you're going to light a cigarette and say, well, that didn't work for me. And I'm going to say, it worked perfectly for you. Your desire was to continue smoking. Oh, and yeah. congratulations. If you want to be a four-pack-a-day smoker, I can help you do that. Well, I don't want to be a four-pack-a-day smoker. <laughs> yeah. But you don't want to be a non-smoker either. Uh-huh. So that's why it worked for you. You had a strong desire to quit smoking. That's a, that's Is true. That true. Yeah. Our son was, what was he about a year and a half old? Um, yeah. little over that maybe. And he was allergic to smoke. He and, had asthma. He had asthma, asthma. Yeah. And yeah. so you had huge motivation to quit. Right. Right. And so I, I, like I said, the one time and it worked, um, yeah. you know, and in fact, I'll, I'll go further to say that, uh, I was also an officer in the Elks at one of the local Elks lodges, and mm-hmm. I put on an event where we had 
uh, 160 people in the audience. He hypnotized the, the audience, and all but eight people quit. Yeah. And, and those eight people didn't want to quit. That's exactly. 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 So yes. I know that it works. People say, do you think it will really work? I know it oh, will work. Absolutely. So We all go into hypnosis 40 to 60 times a day, according to science. 40 to 60 times a day. And people that are leery, that have fear about hypnosis, simply don't understand the fact that you go into hypnosis all day long. When you're driving your car and you're going down the highway, how many times are you thinking about something other than the physical act of driving the vehicle? Mm -hmm. Well, all the time. All yeah. of us. You know, you're thinking, did I close the garage before I left the house? Or where am I going to go eat lunch? Or, oh, I got to pick up my son in a couple hours. And so you're thinking about all these other things, these distracting stimulus in your brain. And yet you don't run off the road. You don't crash into the person in front of you. Who's driving the car? Mm -hmm. Well, you're driving it primarily with your subconscious mind and your conscious mind is off being distracted. Yeah. But if, if the person in front of you hit their brakes and the brake lights came on, you bring your conscious mind right back into the equation and you take the appropriate action, steer out of the way or hit your own brakes or do whatever you have to do. Yeah. That makes so sense. There's okay. another way you were talking about self-hypnosis. Forgive my interruption. You were talking about self-hypnosis. Smoking can often be achieved through self-hypnosis if the person has a strong desire. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And there are people I know of who have quit on their own. And you yes. know, sometimes they restart and sometimes they don't. But that's right. I want you and to they know. they restart because they've lost that desire. I Sorry. am legit. Skip says I'm not in my, in my mind most of the time. Well, apparently I'm in hypnosis. That's true. <laughs> that's right. And a lot of people that say, well, I don't believe in hypnosis. And I say, well, you might say you don't believe in gravity, too, but it doesn't <laughs> matter. It applies to you. Jump up in the air and see if you come back down. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's exactly. Right. You know, exactly. I have to ask you another question. I know I, you already addressed it to some degree, but, um, like, take our son, for exam example. He is a professional bowler, okay? Okay. And okay. he also manages a local bowling center. But he goes out on his tournaments and does his things. And would how would hypnosis work? For let's say him, let's say he's going to go out to a tournament that's a big tournament and there's going to be a lot of stress and pressure. It's going to, he's going to be bowling for a week, um, you know, and, and how would that apply? How would that work? Well, it increases his ability to be able to visualize successful outcomes. Tiger Woods used to use hypnosis all the time and the word has it that he took hypnotherapist on tour with him some of the time to create positive visualizations. If you watch oh, the PGA wow. tour mm -hmm. and you listen to caddies talking, for instance, Jordan Spieth, mm -hmm. and he has a, I forget his last name, but his caddy's name is Michael. Uh, Michael will often talk to Jordan and you can hear it on the microphone and you hear him saying, now, do you have this vision in your mind where you're gonna put the ball and all this? He's basically creating a hypnotic effect mm -hmm. for Jordan Spieth. He's reminding him visualize this with with your son with bowling the reason he's a professional are there other people that are as skilled at throwing a bowling ball down the alley as your son is and don't have the consistency to be a professional well of course mm -hmm. there's some people who have probably done it decades longer than your son has and yet they never could become a pro same thing with golfers there are many people out in the world who have the athletic ability even more athletic ability than Jordan Spieth or Tiger Woods or Jason Day. 
but they don't have the visualization in their mind, that belief in their mind, they can't see it in their mind, or they block it out, or they allow negative thoughts to come in with the conscious mind. And so you want a, a bowler to screw up his game, just have him start thinking consciously about, well, do I need to bring my ball back further in my uh, mm -hmm. backswing, or do I need to uh, slide a little further with my foot? Do I need to uh, hold the ball a little bit differently? Same thing with golfers. You know, should I cock the head of the club a little bit? Do I need to come back further in my golf swing? As soon as you start in, in introducing conscious distractions, then it messes up your game. Your body, your subconscious mind knows how to th throw that bowling ball perfectly. He's probably done it hundreds of thousands of times mm -hmm. and it knows how to do it. The muscle memory is there. The subconscious mind knows what it looks like and why your son is successful is he's a great visualizer. He can see where he wants the ball to go before he ever throws the ball. Mm -hmm. That's what achieves the success. Okay. That makes sense. He, I mean, he's got 11, 300 games as an adult. He had some as a junior, but he's got 1100 or 11, 300 games as an adult. I mean, he's repetitive. He's always winning, 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 and, and he has the drive for it. So I think you're right. That, that makes total sense that yep. he can. And, he and can... I get people who are athletes that come to me and they want to hone their skills. Uh, musicians. I, I had recently a guy come to me. He said, so I'm getting ready to cut an album in Nashville and I've written these songs and I want it to go perfectly. I've hired all these professional musicians. Some of them used to play with touring rock bands and I am spending a lot of money for the session. I want it to go perfectly. He said, I practice three hours a day. What can you do for me? After the first session, he was blown away at how he felt differently <laughs> about his confidence. Because see, it's a chink in his armor there in his confidence that's creating that doubt. And that's what happens with all of us. If you introduce doubt and you allow the feelings of that doubt to access your subconscious mind, then things are going to go awry for you. We did a total of four sessions with that guy. It got to the point where, as I told him, the music plays you. You're no longer playing music. Wow. And when he got to that point of visualization, he went to Nashville. He cut this demo album. Mm -hmm. In fact, he put <laughs> mentioned me on the back of the... the Oh. Uh, CD cover. It says special thanks cool. to Kip Albright. He yeah. didn't say for what, but I was highly honored that he did it. And sure. he said it was better than I would have ever imagined. It was flawless. Now he's in the music industry playing professionally, working on albums with other people. It's just what he always wanted. And he was working in an industry outside of music before that took place. Wow. Wow, that's pretty cool. I got a question. Yeah. All right. Sure. Go. Is there any help, help through hypnotherapy for people that have like OCD or asthma or medical conditions that... Absolutely. Absolutely. And I work with issues all the time. So I was saying I had a woman come to see me this morning. So she had come to me with two issues. She has IBS, irritable bowel syndrome, mm -hmm. and it creates diarrhea. Mm-hmm. And she had a rash around her midsection that's been there for th three years. And so she came to see me. Well, we got into the, the hell that was her life uh, growing up. She had a very unsupportive, undemonstrative parents. Mm. She had a first husband who emotionally, verbally, and physically 
assaulted her on a regular basis. She then divorced him, married another guy who ended up uh, sexually attacking her daughter. She ended up divorcing him. So you can imagine all this buildup of trauma Mm -hmm. and emotion inside of this woman. Mm -hmm. Well, we did two sessions previously. Today was her third session. She came back. She said, not a whole lot of progress with my IBS yet, but my rash is almost completely gone. And it's been there for three years and I've tried everything and I've been to dermatologists and nothing has worked. And I said, so when did you come to that realization? She said, like yesterday, I thought, why is my rash going away? And it usually is exacerbated when she sweats. And she said, I played tennis yesterday and I was sweating and I was surprised that last night my rash hadn't come back. And I was thinking to myself, what's going on? I said, did you not stop and think that it might've been the sessions that we did? She said, it didn't even occur to me. I said, well, that's exactly what's going on because the skin, the epidermis is highly affected by emotion, highly. So I get a lot of people that have warts, uh, eczema, rashes, that kind of thing, because the the skin is. Our body is essentially a barometer for emotions. And when we have these emotions, this, this trauma, and it's trapped inside of us, as I said, trapped emotions, it's going to come out somehow. And the protective mechanism of the subconscious mind is going to make you aware of it. It's like hitting you over the head with a hammer saying, are you ever going to deal with this emotion? Hmm. You know, Skip brought up fear of dogs. And people who, who have a fear of dogs know this. As time goes on, it gets worse and worse. And it might morph into something else. It might morph into some kind of autoimmune disease syndrome. Almost all autoimmune diseases ask a doctor what causes them. You know, it's simply your body attacking itself. And doctors have no idea. And I'm sure you probably have doctors listening to this and they could verify. Mm-hmm. We don't know what causes it. We can show physical tests, signs, and symptoms that say you have it, like fibromyalgia, lupus, uh, reflex sympathetic dystrophy, uh, rheumatoid arthritis. Those are all, and that's just a short list of autoimmune diseases, your body attacking itself. Mm-hmm. Why would your body, if it's a healing machine, all of a sudden make a unilateral decision to allow your body to go into disrepair? And almost every time you can find the emotional source of that. And when you start to change that emotion, you also change the syndrome of the disease. So you're saying asthma is an emotion? No, I didn't say asthma, but oftentimes asthma is affected by hypnotherapy. So are seizures. I recently had a girl come to me. She's a college-age girl. She's 20 years old. She's attending a university out of state, and her mother brought her to see me. Her mother happened to be working here in state. She was having 20 to 30 non-epileptic seizures a day, if you can imagine. Gosh. After three sessions, she was having no seizures. Now, results vary among different people, and it depends on how willing you are to open yourself up to the possibility that this has a subconscious origin. After the first session, she only had one in 24 hours. Wow. She was, it was a week of, of time between our first and second sessions. She had a couple days where she had one or very few. She had a couple other days where she had many. So I saw, because she was consistently having 20 to 30 uh, seizures, I I was seeing we're chasing the right tail here. We're on the right track. Uh So every session builds upon the one prior to it. And we start to really create change. Which is why it's And the subject 
has to be open and willing to. Well, they have to want to change. They have Sometimes to want to I, go there, I right? Convince them to be open because when they see evidence of this, like the woman this morning, who still has IBS diarrhea, but she now her her uh, rash is gone. Mm -hmm. I, I said, do you not see the evidence? behind the fact that your subconscious mind created this change. You've had this for years and you've tried every way you know, including medication, going to see specialists to get rid of this and nothing worked. And all of a sudden, did you think it was just coincidental that after two sessions, this thing started to go away? <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I'm, I'm providing them with the physical evidence. Yeah. Right. Wow. That's cool. That's amazing. You sure. know, I've, I've, I've all, I've wondered this since I was in fourth grade and okay. I, I have to ask you this question. Okay. I didn't, I, I didn't, I never really believed it, but it always, it, I've always thought about it. I had a friend who lived on the street behind me. Mm -hmm. And in fact, I had two friends that lived there across the street from each other. So we'd go over there and we'd play and out in the yards and stuff. And Doug one of the guys' name was Doug. The other one was Steve. But Doug told us, a group of us, that his dad knew how to hypnotize people, which he did. His dad even mm -hmm. admitted. He, we asked him, you can hypnotize? He goes, yeah, I have had training in it. And mm -hmm. his father, Doug's, Doug's dad, his dad's father, so Doug's grandfather, fell off of a roof that he was re-roofing and broke his back. And apparently, Doug's father hypnotized his grandfather while he was laying on the ground and into not feeling pain and not moving. And mm -hmm. the ambulance had been called this long before paramedics and 911. Ambulance had been called. They were waiting for him. We could hear the sirens coming, you know, way out in the distance. But his dad... His grandfather apparently sat there and just talked with his dad, just normal, like everything was fine. And he knew that he had been hurt and, and, and there was no stress, no anything. Is that possible? Yeah. Well, the skeptics that are among the listeners are going to say, well, how do you know his back was broken? Oh, it I was. Mean, I mean, it ended up being broken. Yeah. So you're saying it's incredulous that he wasn't writhing in pain or screaming or any of that kind of stuff. Right. And was able to be hypnotized. Yes. Well, that absolutely. Because see, pain is a function of your mind uh -huh. and so is comfort. So you can redefine pain as comfort. You can redefine panic as calm. It's all, as I said earlier in this uh, interview, it's all a matter of your perception. I, I get people that come into my office, almost everyone that comes in in the first session, I use a little pendulum and I have them start to move it in certain directions by just suggesting to them, I'll hold a little crosshair on, on the desk below where they're holding the pendulum. Mm -hmm. And it has four axis, uh, two axes, four points. So A, B, C, D. Right. Mm -hmm. And I'll say, so with your mind, perceive that that pendulum is moving back and forth between C and D now. And they're sitting there with their arm resting on the desk, trying to hold it as still as possible. And the pendulum starts moving back and forth. And I have them go through various gyrations. Have, perceive with your mind that the pendulum is moving in a circle or it comes to a dead stop over those crosshairs now. Mm -hmm. And I'll say, have it move back and forth between C and D now while silently saying to yourself, 
over and over again, A and B, A and B, A and B. <laughs> and it never goes to A and B. It keeps going between C and D. And I take the pendulum from them and say, so what do you think happened there? Is there something magical or mystical in my pendulum? They say, well, I don't think so. And I say, it was the perception of your mind. And your mind doesn't care what words you say to it. It only cares what it believes to be the truth, what your perceptions are. So Doug created the perception in your father that he was not in pain, uh -huh. that he was calm, that everything was going to be fine, that his respiration was going to stay nice and even and, and help was on the way. He, there was no reason for panic whatsoever. And oh. that's what took place. Wow. So I have helped people remove pain many, many times while wow. they're sitting in my office and they're, they come up out of that chair and they go, what the heck? How did that happen? I've been seeing neurologists. I've been seeing specialists for years and nothing has affected this pain in my knee or in my neck or in my back or in my hip. How did that happen? It's because it's perception. Hmm. And wow. sometimes it requires some booster sessions, I'll call them, sure. where they have to come back. It's, it was gone for three or four days and then it came back. Mm -hmm. Sometimes not as significantly as it was originally, sometimes so. And we have to do another session or two. But my question is, so if your pain went away at all, does that not tell you that it was not physiological in nature, that it comes from your subconscious mind? How could it go away for three or four days and then just come back? Yeah, yeah, that's true. Good point. It's your perception. It's what yep. you believe to be the truth. Mm -hmm. and, and you help reprogram them to think in a positive way. That's right. Wow, we could go on with this ah. for a couple, three more hours. Um, different examples and things. Well, he'll come back again. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's right. We will. We will do this, and someday we're going to actually see you here in Seattle. So. Yeah. yeah. That would be awesome. So we don't. I'm visualizing it. Uh, there you go. That's I am. Right. It's just there a matter of timing. Uh, I can right. see me getting on an airplane. <laughs> All right. I can, yes. So let's tell everybody one more time how they can get a hold you hold of you. Your website is skipnotherapy.com. That's right. www.skipnotherapy.com. Uh, my email is skipnotherapy at gmail.com. Okay. You and know what what I really like is the fact that you don't have to go to Arizona. You can do it on the that's computer. Right. I, I love that. Right. Remote sessions. Yeah, not a whole lot Zoom of people or, do that, you know. Right. And, I prefer and, Zoom because we can record. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Plus, you've you've been you've been very successful doing that. Yes, I have. Yeah, cool. Because energy like is that. energy, as you well know, right? Yeah. I'm yep. talking to the people who are experts in this area. You understand, energy is energy, and it doesn't matter. That's right. Where you are, the energy is still there and it's yep. still affecting. Yep, I totally agree. Totally yep. agree. Well, it's been an amazing and too quick hour <laughs> of talking with you. By. Yeah, yes. gone by too fast. We appreciate it. Again, it's skipnotherapy.com, www.skipnotherapy.com. This man's name is Skip Albright, and he's able to help you, tell you, and show you where you can get your help from that comes from internally. And um, bring you uh, some relief on things, whether it's uh, trying to alleviate pain or trying to create something like no smoking or, or weight loss or 
alleviate and eradicate the trauma and how it's affecting you that you've had in your life. So once again, and we thank you for doing that. Yes. Yes. For telling people. Not everybody can do that. No. You know, you have to have a calling. Yeah, a lot of it's people. It's the honor of my life to be able to do this, to do this energy work. Yeah, all right. yeah. You, you were chosen. Well, thank you. you all were. right, I'm humbled. <laughs> well, Skip, thank you again, and I'm sure we will be talking in the future. Skip and Sharon, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it so much. Well, thank you. I, I tell you, you're you're just a fountain of information. Thank you. <laughs> okay. All right. Thanks a lot. All right. You have a good day. Okay. Bye bye. All right. Excellent talk. Excellent talk with that gentleman. Now what? You want a break now? Uh, Yeah, let's take a real quick break and we'll be right back. Ginger's Pet Rescue is one of the largest nonprofit pet rescue organizations in Washington State, specializing in saving death row dogs. As of this airing, Ginger's Pet Rescue has saved well over 17,000 dogs. Go to the website and find an adoption event near you. You can also volunteer to help at events or you can foster a dog until they can be adopted. Ginger's Pet Rescue is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and accepts your tax-deductible donations. The website again is gingerspetrescue.org. Since 1933, the Poodle Dog has been Fife's original landmark restaurant. More than 80 years later, the Poodle Dog is proud to continue the tradition of serving great food to their neighbors and friends. We invite you to come visit this iconic family-owned diner and enjoy their famous food and legendary service. The Poodle Dog offers a large variety of tasty meals, snacks, and desserts that are all professionally made in their own kitchens, breakfast, lunch, or dinner. And the Poodle Dog Lounge offers a fun atmosphere with plenty of televisions to watch your favorite sporting events or just relax with friends. The Poodle Dog has three different banquet rooms that seat from 20 to 150 people for business meetings or for private events and celebrations. The Poodle Dog is the perfect place for your next event. That's exit 137 on I-5 at 1522 54th Avenue East in Fife. Open daily from 6 a.m. to 10 p.m. seven days a week. Check out PoodleDogRestaurant.com or call 253-922-6161. That's 253-922-6161 for the Poodle Dog Restaurant in Fife. Talk radio with a purpose. Alternative Talk 1150. Hey, welcome back to the Psychic Spectrum Radio Show. I have to do this section quick, but I do want to thank Skip in uh, Arizona for being our guest today. Oh, that definitely. was amazing. He's always a fun person to talk to. You okay. Know? Just full of information. Sharon and Eric, you guys get three seconds to answer true or false. Okay, because we've only got about 60 seconds here. <laughs> yes. <laughs> keep it fast. <laughs> Pirates wore eye patches because they had a missing eye. True or false? True. Fal- uh, false. Okay, it is false. <laughs> they wore them to. to Increased night vision. Boo, hit. We, we've done this one on the show before. That's how I oh, did it. Oh. <laughs> okay. And I still missed it. Okay. Okay. Lobster was once considered a garbage food. True or false? True. Uh, true. Wow, you guys. Crazy. It was only fed to prisoners. And uh, the <laughs> national animal of Scotland is a unicorn. True or false? That is true. True. Well, you guys just <laughs> crazy. I know. He... <laughs> Eric went to Scotland, so I was going yes. with him on that one. <laughs> and, and here's one, just an FYI, kind of in line with our guest and our topic today. The most highlighted book on Amazon is a self-help book. True or false? Probably true. 
I would say true. Yeah. It used to be the Bible until 2018 became the book called The Four-Hour Work Week. Four-hour work week. Is that Anyhow, a self-help? That's the self-help. Oh, this okay. is the Psychic Spectrum Radio Show, and we will see you next week at, at uh, 1 o'clock. Take and care. And what a wonderful world. Love you, Daddy. Thank you.